Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the Rival and Queen podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Ashley. Great to How be here you? with you. We're here. <laughs> it's December. We're into it. We've made it. We are ready for the holiday season and we're so ex- We hope everyone else is excited as we are. I think we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of 2020 for a new year, 2021. It's going to be good. It's almost here. <laughs> I've got two things to say to you about this. One thing you're not going to like. In like the spiritual world of like expansion, this is supposed to be like a big expansion for humans. And it's supposed to go on for seven years. <laughs> what? Yeah, like 2020 to 2027 are supposed to be like chaos. Well, I think that that seems to be true since <laughs> 2020 was kicked off that way. So I guess but, we'll just keep we'll seeing have what hope. happens year after year. We'll have yeah. hope for 2021 that it's not chaos, that it's like beautiful life. Or maybe it will be chaos that doesn't involve us. <laughs> that know. could be dope too. <laughs> just we'll good see. things. We're, we're, well, we hope that we stick around for the next seven years. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. We love it. Ash, we just had Black Friday. Did you or did you not buy things? So I did. I did buy things, but nothing very exciting. And I think that they were all for myself. Really? I bought a sweatsuit, a gray sweatsuit. From where? Your favorite. So I was going to buy it from Aritzia. I had it in my cart. And then I remember Tay Landry, a friend of ours, who had posted about um, Pretty Little Things, which I've never bought anything from them, but it's an online uh, clothing boutique. So I went on there and everything was so much cheaper than Aritzia. And I mean, a sweatsuit is a sweatsuit. I'm not going to wear it in public. I want to wear it over the holidays and feel comfortable. So I got that. I and love it. I did order something else and now I can't remember what it is. It will come to me in a minute. I think it was something for, for the house, like nothing crazy. I have a love-hate relationship with Black Friday because I do feel like it creates a sense of like anxiety and urgency, which is like the purpose of it, I'm pretty sure. And so I always end up being so stressed about whether I want things or not because I'm not thinking about holiday shopping that clearly before December. You know oh, Sephora. I, mean? I just looked at my email to trigger my mem- to jog my memory, and it was something from Sephora. Three things. Ooh, I got some goodies from Sephora. But I did this year. I did not buy much because I actually almost hate anytime I buy things during Black Friday because I just get too panicked. But I did buy some lipstick from Sephora, and I'm gonna tell you. Oh, I also bought smart plugs because I've become like uh, obsessed with Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But do you know what I bought that I actually think was incredible? Was yeah. I bought Sheer Text tights. You know, you oh, see did those you? Were they on sale? They were on sale for $47 because they're it's a Canadian company, first of all, but it's all in American dollars, which I'm not into. And they're normally 100 bucks. I got them for $47. However, I was drunk when I ordered them and I forgot. I wish I ordered these. That's a good deal. And I'm with you. I kind of think that you hear Black Friday, Black Friday, whatever. There's all these things. I, I think that in person, I mean, it's harder to do right now that there are certain deals if you used to physically go to the store in person, like those door crashers. Oh, a door crash. And I even would think that that was ridiculous. Like I'm not waiting in line at six in the morning or three in the morning to get 
a couple hundred dollars off a TV. Like I don't give an F not doing it ever. I will tell you though, I almost bought a Dyson from Best Buy because it was down from 600 to 400. And that, and then I thought I am into my thirties when I am excited about a vacuum cleaner. I have a Dyson and I love it. And I I have to say they have the best customer service. If you like fill out the warranty, Straight up, everyone needs to do that. If you have a Dyson <laughs> appliance or a product that if you fill it out, they will service that thing. They will send you new parts. They will, it's the best customer service, I think. So um, I love that. We're that would have been a, a very part adult. Of our lives. <laughs> I know. Okay, so, you, so tell me about the plugs because that's also a 30 purchase, I think, as far as Black Friday's purchases so I, go. I don't know what's happened this year, but I've become obsessed with Christmas lights. I'm going to tell you, I've never... Last year, I hung one string of lights outside of our house because the wrap ones ones around the pillars in front of my house, there's two pillars because my cousins were coming over for a holiday party and I wanted them to be able to see the house like that. Otherwise it was dark. So I put up one string of lights in five minutes last year. It's the house on the right with one string of lights. Is that what you told them? (laughs) Yeah, basically. It's like, look for the dark entryway with one string of lights. Yeah, that's where I am. Uh, but then this year, I don't know if it's because of COVID or I just want that cheer and the brightness, whatever. I've gone nuts. I like spent the weekend. I've still got that single string of lights framing the door of the house. But now I've got bushes covered. I've got trees covered. I've got lights in the backyard. I set all that up. Wasn't satisfied. I then wanted timers because I wanted everything to come on the the perfect moment. And I wanted them to turn off when I went to bed on their own. So now I've got the timers going. I'm on the hunt for these large outdoor bulbs. Mm. I haven't found them. And I've got more lights ordered that are coming. So this is just going to be, I already know, it's December 1st right now. It is going to be for the next three weeks, just an evolving outdoor artistry (laughs) I think that's so funny so I can specifically remember and I love that because I don't have I live in a building now so I don't have an outdoors to decorate but growing up I mean my past life I was an interior decorator so I've always been kind of into creating things but when I was younger I would actually Halloween Christmas decorate things on my own my parents weren't that into it I was like my mom would put the candles in the window which a lot of people we had like a classic two-story house in the valley but we didn't have those smart remotes and switches then so we would have to go around every night in every room which there were several and (laughs) plug every single light in individually and like tape them but I would go above and beyond and want to decorate the outside further so I would also take lights and put them through all the shrubs and help my dad hook up the timers like I was the one that like made this shit happen because and for Halloween I used to do the same thing like I would decorate the outside so Young Ashley wanted the spirit. I'm into it. I just, I can't not. I, I want you to come over and see it. What I've done. I hand made it or help you. <laughs> yeah, I want you to critique it. And how no, it me. looks beautiful. You did, did show me the bows and I think it looks awesome. It's Listen, very I handmade beautiful. bows. I think I'm losing it. But we, you can come over and we'll do the high shrub. By the end of this, we're going to go for Vegas. Like I this mean, is what. We might be on the tour. You know how people go in whatever cities to the beautiful neighborhoods with all these decorations and lights with the music. That's going to, that's goals, Sarah. All right. This is where we may end up. I don't know what's changed. I actually think it's a byproduct of COVID. And if that's the case, I'm happy for it. You just want to spread the cheer. I'm spreading the cheer as much as I can. (laughs) Okay, I'm coming over ASAP to see this at night. Of course. Ashley, we're also going to spread the cheer in another way. 
Yeah, we're going to do a rival and queen food drive around. Obviously, we can only make it here in the city. So sorry to everyone. If you want to send us money, we will go buy some food donations if you're listening. But we are going to spend a whole afternoon, Sarah, driving around. I think whole day. A whole day. Okay. As long as it takes to fill my entire vehicle of um, non-perishable food items that we're going to donate to Feed Nova Scotia. Yes. So December 12th. If you message us through Instagram or you can email us at rivalandqueen at gmail.com or through Instagram at rivalandqueen, send us your address. And on December 12th, we will come by and pick up non-perishable food items, as Ashley said, for a big R&Q community donation. And we will do it safely. You can put it outside or we'll, if you want to say hi, we'll just pop open the trunk and you can just place the items in and maybe we'll be decorated. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We'll, Stay tuned. we'll be spreading cheer. I mean, I mean, dress up. I said decorated, but maybe we'll be both. We could be decorated and dressed up, Ashley. I think that's great. We'll get some purple decorations, Christmas decorations <laughs> from my car. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. Let me light it up. Oh my gosh. What if I can get lights on your car? No, but you can, you can plug them in. Perfect. Yeah. Ashley. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll tie something. <laughs> um, uh, make us a something. I love this. All right. Today we have a very fun episode. We have the Minute Women on. Yeah, we just did a collab with them on their podcast as well, which just came out. And now we have Linnea and Grace that are the creators of Minute Women podcast who focus on primarily diving into Canadian heritage moments, which we can all remember. And we love them so much. So this is a very fun episode. We talk about our favorite Canadian heritage moments. And if you are familiar with those, you have to check them out because they are these like, they're they're so nostalgic. Just we love them, don't we, Ash? Oh my gosh. And we laugh because we know all of them because you couldn't fast forward or record TV when we were younger. And they were, of course, like played over and over, which was super smart. I remember pretty much, I would say like 95% of them, Sarah. It does also, now they're like much more particular about advertising laws to children. But the things I remember from my youth, I'm like, advertising is very effective on children. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when it's things you're not used to seeing. You kind of like hear the story or see these characters that we don't, or back then we didn't just see, you know, people through the internet or on social media. It was like coming to us through the television and it was so intriguing. So, I mean, I don't know if people absorb commercials the same way we did, but it worked. We were very vulnerable youth and thankfully the Canadian government chose nice things to teach us. So they did a great job. Great job. So this episode is a little different, but we get to know Grace and Linnea, the hosts of the Minute Women podcast. And we bring you guys like a rapid fire of Canadian history tidbits. So you get to learn something a little new. And we end with Moon Mist. So just figure that out how we get there. And I also forgot, Sarah, when we were planning for that episode to come up with our kind of like most favorite or interesting facts, there was one that I didn't share and I want to share now is that Canadians love craft. So most people know of craft dinner and it's apparently, I didn't know this, but people call it Canada's national dish as Canadians consume 1.7 million out of the 7 million packages sold each week globally. That's in one week. So apparently Canadians consume more craft than any other country in the entire. (laughs) I love that craft dinner is our national dish. I know. I didn't know that, but I think that's great. I think we got a, I think, all right, we'll accept it. I mean, craft dinner. I do once a year craft dinner with wieners. 
Ooh, sign so me up. Satisfying. <laughs> All right. So you guys can follow the minute. If you are, want to listen to uh, Grace and Linnea, you can follow the Minute Women podcast and connect with them on Instagram at Minute Women Podcast. We'll link it all in the show notes. All right, let's uh, dive in. We'll see everyone later. Happy Thursday, everyone. This is the Rival and Queen podcast, and we've got two very exciting guests with us here tonight, Sarah. We do. We've got Grace. Hey, Grace. Hi. And we've got Linnea. Hello. Happy the host, to be here, ladies. Yay. The host of the Minute Women podcast. We That's love us. doing collabs with you guys. This is going to be the second one. We did one with you guys recently, and now you're yes. on Rival and Queen. We're so amped. Oh, yeah, good. we're so excited. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, our episode with you guys should be up by now. So if people want to go to the Minute Women podcast, they can listen to all four of us talk about some really cool mm-hmm. heritage minutes. About some girl power. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Minute Women so anyone who's not familiar can get to know you guys. So Minute Women podcast is a Canadian history podcast with a comedy twist. Uh, We dive into a different Canadian Heritage Minute every episode. So the Vince Coleman's and the James Naismith's of Heritage Minute fame get kind of deconstructed. So I do kind of like the history part of that. And then yeah, and uh, I I am there. Grace is a Grace is a amazing, intelligent, intellectual historian, and she <laughs> and just so pretty. And she uh, she researches uh, the minute and finds out kind of the backstory behind it. So we try to do it with a lot of conversation and a lot of questions and <clears throat> excuse me and a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of comedic flair. And uh, we bounce really well off each other. So that kind of is the banter that fuels our podcast so I love that we had so much fun and it's such a fun approach because it's obviously educational but then you guys as you mentioned bring that funny kind of lighthearted aspect so I learned a lot Sarah I don't know about you but it was very informative I learned a ton and who doesn't love a heritage minute like so oh good God. The so quintessential good. part of the Canadian childhood. And I think yeah. <laughs> recently I've made like a few friends who didn't grow up here, like, or they yeah. moved here later in life and they have no idea what these are. So no, it's, it's so true. interesting to be able to like chat with them about them and like explain to them why they're so <laughs> beloved. And also yeah. you couldn't re, re, like fast forward during, you know, no, no. No. watching every <laughs> single commercial one after another. So I think that we can all agree that we've probably memorized all of them that we've seen. So it's very interesting. Yeah, they're definitely a product of another time. And I think they're very authentically Canadian. Like, I think an outsider would be like, oh, what's Canadian? Maple syrup, red plaid, hockey. But I think like a true Canadian is like, oh yeah, like heritage minutes heritage and like minutes. concerned children's advertising. Um, that's Canadian. The yeah. other yeah. thing I remember is like the scrambled egg 
PSA yeah. that's like yeah. your brain on drugs. I remember yeah. that. And I the don't Heritage know that. Yeah, that like that was American because those actually started with Mark Wahlberg. And really? then uh, yeah, was he, he was in like one? in the he was in the very first Mark Wahlberg is the this is your brain this is your brain on drugs like that was that was like Mark Wahlberg but then and then I think those ads came out in the states kind of on like PBS and so then uh yeah and so like when you're watching Arthur or like Zoom um but then uh but the end I'm sorry if my dogs bark right now they are they're trying to be very good they're trying very hard we can hear those they want to join uh they do they just want to be they would want to be where the people are you know um (laughs) But uh, but yeah, those uh, like that TV that's like get that cat off my head, and all those ones about like seizures, like the appropriate, like don't put a spoon in his mouth. Um, yeah, and body break. Hippo. Yeah, and body break oh, with Hal Johnson yes. and Joanne McLeod. That's there's Canadian so many, though. Oh yeah, there's so many quintessential uh Canadian things, and we just feel really lucky that we found the niche that is Heritage Minutes to exploit. <laughs> We all remember them. What is your that hippo commercial? That's so odd. I love the hippo house hippo. It's so cute. It also did not. So, like, the whole point of it is to be like, be careful of what you see on TV because, like, that couldn't be real, could it? As a child, I was like, oh, yeah, house hippos, they're very real. They're very real. (laughs) They are very much alien and they are in my house. I feel like that's actually something that would be good to circulate on the internet now. Like, yeah, how many people thought? I think there still things like that. I think that around Facebook, there's always those like fake stories that come out and people believe them and start circulating yeah. them as if they're true. No, but true. I think it should be circulated as a PSA and then be like, <laughs> this is not real. For all yeah. of you 25 to 35 year olds, the house hippo is not real. <laughs> yeah. It's not like concerned children's advertising. It would be like, Concerned for millennials advertising. Yeah. Just so you know, house hippos do not exist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what are your favorite heritage minutes? Because let's I wanna I love hearing these. Huh, I will start. I have I have a few, but uh I think my I think my favorite, favorite, favorite is probably um, the Halifax explosion, just because it's so it's so classic. It's a really like it. It kind of sums up what the heritage minutes are supposed to be like. It's very much a good format for that one that I used to think was so weird as a kid, though, that uh, (laughs) that I just like it really stuck with me was the midwife one. And I don't know Uh. if anyone remembers that, but it's like this girl trudging through the snow and she's like, eh. Me. Like, I can't go I can't. on. And the lady's like, it must go. I don't know what she says. But uh, but you know, we haven't done Is that. Is that one not yet. Laura Secord? Or that's a different oh, one. Oh no, Laura no, Secord's just the running through the woods back and forth and falling really down and stuff yeah <laughs> and falling down um but yeah the midwife is this gr- this really whiny girl yeah. i actually love I, the midwife yeah oh yeah yeah no it's it's like a good episode but it, like as a kid i was like what's going it's on it's very melodramatic it's yeah, also it's one that i'm one. like there's very little about this that is specifically canadian Specific like i don't canadian. know why we have a whole heritage minute dedicated to midwifery but Maybe it is just, very like, dramatic distance. Yeah, maybe just like the distance you had to travel. It was so rural. Yeah. It's trying to like depict rural Canada. Rural life. Know, but but I do I do love um I do love the 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 Halifax explosion one with the dispatch and the acknowledge, acknowledge and Vince Coleman. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that one. 
Yeah, we're a little biased being from Halifax, but I think it's it's it has to be like one of the best. Oh, for sure. Grace, what's your favorite? I think every time I get asked, I answer differently. Um, Mm -hmm. But and I definitely find that doing this podcast has like opened my eyes to the genius behind some of them. And by genius, I mean just like utter ridiculousness of some of them. Like we did the like the Saudi house, like so like a sod house was never yeah. a heritage minute that I particularly loved as a kid or even like remembered. But then when I had to do an episode about it and I more did it because I was like, I'm feeling motivated this week and this is going to be an annoying one to write. So I should just get this out of the way. That heritage minute is so funny and ridiculous. It's one, one of my favorites. It was one of my favorites. And when you said, when Grace said, and I think I mentioned this on our episode, she was like, we're going to talk about the Saudi I thought she was trying to talk about an episode that happened in like Saudi Arabia. And I was like, what are you talking about? But then I remembered because it's the one where the woman's just walking around this house of slabs of dirt. And then she almost has a baby, but doesn't. Um, Well, yeah, it's like this like (laughs) Eastern European couple and they're building a house and they're like very much in love. And you're like, oh, that's great. And then it starts to rain and there's like a Gregorian chant suddenly. And you're like, oh God, something bad's going to happen. And then she almost has a baby, but then doesn't have a baby. And there's no Mm -hmm. baby at the end of the heritage minute. So she just stops like being in labor. (laughs) And then they like finish their home and he like carries her through the threshold. I was like, this was such a roller coaster. It's yeah. only a minute long. Is that the Viking one? Or no, that's not the Viking no. one. Not the Viking one. The Viking one's great too. It's some really early bad CGI. Also Gregorian chants. Also Gregorian you'll Gregorian find chant. that there's some probably factory. half a dozen uh, heritage minutes with some really good chants happening in the back. Yeah. So like, for anyone that's listening and is trying to kind of like wrap their brain around the heritage moments that they remember or don't remember where's the best place if you guys just want to plug that now that people could actually like reference the ones we're talking about do you, do you have a favorite yeah so well if if you want to just like go through the whole catalog most of them are on youtube and most of them are on the historica canada website so historica.ca that's where you can find them. They yeah, have them all categorized have, and stuff. And they have more information and uh, and kind of a little bit of a hi- of history about the event. Um, whereas on yeah. YouTube, you're just getting the YouTube video and any comments that are along with it. So. <laughs> yeah, any so unsolicited it, comments. Yeah. It's historicacanada.ca. You can see all the videos there, which are awesome. Yeah. Ash, what's your favorite? The Grace Saver favorite? Oh, uh, I mean, like, I also like Expo 67. That's a really good one. And Irish oh, Orphans. Yeah, okay. Those okay. T- both really good. But <laughs> like, very memorable. She said the thatch yeah. roof one. Oh, yeah. The Saudi one. Yeah. No, there's so many. But the one more recently I was thinking about that I, like, was just in awe at for some reason when I was younger was the Superman one. Like, I really oh, liked it. Oh, yeah. That. Good one. I remember that always being in my mind. Like, I was like, I just don't understand. Like, when you're younger, that Superman's kind of real, but this person was Canadian that wrote it, and you're trying to put all the pieces together. I forgot about Superman. That is a, such a she, great the, one. He gets on the yes. train, and he gives her the piece of paper that he drew, the the, the guy, like, superhero, Superman. I yes. Mean. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite tonight is definitely the Wilder Penfield one. They burnt toast, but Such I feel like one. after we're done this podcast, I'm going to literally just go through and watch them all one by one. Well, that's why I wanted I'm to know. Getting them. Yeah. I yeah. go back and see. And I think that there's so many, obviously that's a testament for how they rolled these out is that we remember 
all of them so well. Like we have favorites, but very educational. I like yeah. the what's the Canada is its name? Canada. The Peacemaker one. Oh, yes, yeah. I like that one a lot too. Peacemaker's like a good too. one. Yeah. yeah, and then I think Canada is like Jacques Cartier. So this it's Jacques Cartier's like first meeting with indigenous peoples and he's just such a wacky guy. He doesn't get that Canada's <laughs> not the name of the country. What a silly misunderstanding. It just means the people, Anyways. The <laughs> so how did the podcast start? Like Grace, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what was the inspiration for this coming about? Yeah. So I mean, in terms of background, I did my BA honors in history. I just finished my master's in like a history interdisciplinary degree at St. Mary's University here in Halifax. And coming here to do my master's was how I met Linnea. So we met at the Halifax Curling Club, which is also just, you know, so Canadian. (laughs) Just sweeping our hearts out. Sweeping our hearts out, (laughs) randomly paired together on a team. And we like knew each other for about a year before we became like pretty close friends. Like yeah. we were like curling friends. And then we became like outside curling friends. I thought like Grace had like perfect winged eyeliner and she was just like a little bit like edgy and hip. And I was just like, uh, and she was like a master's student. And I was like, um, she's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it's true. <laughs> uh, but I also like, haven't yeah, like, physically seen like... Grace. Oh, I was gonna say I also haven't physically like seen Grace in a week, so I'm like a little bit like affectionate towards her right now. <laughs> we're on we're on quarantine withdrawal from each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Linnea was like this like bubbly like joy of like ray of light in the curling club that could be like friends with anybody, and she'd just like. <laughs> make friends and make connections with like anybody that was in the club. And I was just like, Oh wow. Like th- this girl knows how to talk to people and I'm just going to sit here and drink a beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then Linnea was working with Mark at auction house together. They were like, and then th- Mark mentioned that he wanted to start a history podcast. And so Linnea casually Very mentioned that to me we and I just, <laughs> I ran with that. Cause I was like, Oh man, I've always wanted to have a podcast. This is my moment. I like, I already know what I want to do. I want to do a Canadian history podcast. And then, yeah, like stars kind of aligned. Heritage Minutes came up as kind of an afterthought because it was like, I I think it is the most ubiquitous piece of Canadian history. Like it's the easiest access point for a lot of totally accessible. Um, And it's easy to make light of. It's easy to be like jokey and fun with. It doesn't have a background in history. Grace said heritage minutes. And I could like already quote like 10. Like I was like, I know, I know these, like I can, (laughs) I can like relate to this. Like I have stories. Yeah. I like mentioned to Linnea what I wanted to do. And she was like, Oh yeah. No, I got I it. She like ran off a bunch of like quotes from the Heritage Minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> Grace had like a full proposal. And I was yeah. Like, okay, this is real. <laughs> okay, so Sarah and I have done our own research, which is kind of the premise of your guys's podcast. As mentioned, Grace does the research and and brings that forward for the episode. So Sarah and I also have our own. We'd like to discuss, and we'll all kind of take a turn. I think you girls have your favorite. Um, Canadian history facts or anything. the ones that didn't make the heritage minutes. Yeah, right. just your or own some may have. Mm-hmm. Sarah, why don't you kick us off? Because I'm dying to hear yours. 
oh, I'm kicking off. Okay. In this round table, everyone. So I will say right away that Grace, I want to give you a lot of credit for sitting down and writing out the history for every episode. Because <laughs> even doing a tidbit for like two minutes or three minutes, I'm going to tell this story. I had to put in like a, I did like more than an hour's research into this. That's and good. as I was doing this, yay. Uh, I was blown away. I'm like, these girls are researching every episode. <laughs> Not this girl. Stars. Just that girl. <laughs> Linnea's along for the ride. Like I am for most of For our live show, for our live show, I had to do what you did, but like I was, I was so stressed. Like I hadn't done an academic paper since like university, like years. Um, and uh, and I was like, I felt so stressed. And I wrote like way more than Grace's, like the, I wrote the amount that Grace writes for a normal episode and it was just super funny. She was we like, no supposed, wonder yeah. stressed. <laughs> I was so. like, we should have been only like half the length of a normal episode. <laughs> right off the bat, I want to lower everyone's expectations and take the idea of a research paper out of anyone's mind. Okay. <laughs> so I'm exciting for this history tidbit. <laughs> it's Ready. a history tidbit about Newfoundland. Obviously, because I'm very biased. I love Newfoundland. And so I got this whole piece of history from an author named Susan Flanagan, who, bless her, shared her full article with me today because I'd heard this. Like someone had mentioned to me that when Newfoundland chose to change the side of the road they drove on, which wasn't until 1947, which was very late. I think it was like the last Canadian province to do so by like more than two decades. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I had heard they did it New Year's Day at midnight and (laughs) you can just imagine that time of year so that that was all I'd heard as like folklore and then I set out to research this because I thought that was like hilarious why would you do this on New Year's Eve I thought it was a terrible time I love the start of the new year they wanted to kick it off on the wrong side Like it's one of those things that's like half hour early makes so sense. Like on paper, of course you would do it at the end of the year, but so I feel like in practicality, not so much. Terrible idea. (laughs) So here's what I did find out because that's what I went into this thinking. But actually, I was wrong. So they did it New Year's Day at twelve oh one. So it was actually officially January second. So it was not New Year's Eve. So we'll give them credit. They were smart enough to figure that out. But we will come back to the concept of uh, drinking and driving right at the end of this note. Uh, (laughs) This is going to become concerned children's advertising. (laughs) Exactly. So this was the day that Newfoundland began driving on the right side of the road. We were still part of England, like a dominion of Great Britain, I think, at that time, because we didn't join Canada until uh, 1949. So this was 1947, and it all started because they wanted to upgrade the trolley system in St. John's, and they didn't want to buy the materials from England, apparently. They wanted to import them from Canada or the U.S., which makes a lot of sense. It's much closer. But this process started in 1939 when they were upgrading the trolley system, but was put on hold for eight years because they act- because of the war, basically. So... Backburnered, eight years, they come back to it. What I didn't know when thinking through this was that it's a time when they still didn't have that many motorists in Newfoundland. So it was like horse-drawn carriages were the big concern, cyclists and pedestrians. But when they made this switch, if you everyone was taking the buses, you actually had to board and get off the bus in the middle of the road. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it because they like 
The doors are on the wrong side. Yeah, the doors are the wrong side. Oh, right. (laughs) That's so funny. Right. That is funny. So this is like what I didn't know. So this was like the big concern was like when they actually switched sides of the roads, buses opened into the middle of traffic. Pedestrians obviously were looking the wrong way when they were crossing the streets. And so, and there were traffic cops. So there was only one traffic light at the time. So this actually was like a very involved process to some extent. Whereas like now you would just adjust the lights and like, I don't know. I never thought of all these elements. There's so much to think about. It's also everybody probably has British make cars. So the cars themselves are, are, is that true? Or would they have American cars? So because this was all when this started before the war yes it was because they just wanted they had mostly british made cars and wanted the trolley system upgraded but because it actually happened after the war they were occupied at that time by like the american army and the canadian army so they mostly had those vehicles but when i when this happened in new brunswick and the other atlantic provinces in like 1922 to 24 mm-hmm. <laughs> then it was changed because of tourism because they wanted like american right. canadian tourists to come to those provinces right. right so that was like the fun little switch the only really interesting they like put a lot of things in place i was kind of impressed actually 1947 like they sent stickers out to everyone who owned cars to put a sticker like on over their drive like their steering wheel to remind them that the roads change and they told <laughs> I thought that was cute that's like, very like just remember yeah that's thoughtful I thought I that was that good what changing. I would say what I was gonna go. say what I would say on our podcast is that a woman came up with that idea she came up with the stickers <laughs> I'm with you yeah I think you're right on that one and I guess they pulled all the taxis and all the buses the night that they switched over. So nothing actually dramatic happened except for okay. a man was needed to go to the hospital and a police van had to take him because there were no ambulances. <laughs> he, had no, he had no way to get there. Oh and then the, God. the biggest issue were horses. They wrote a very long article about the first funeral after the switch, how this one horse refused to go on the right side of the road. Oh, no. <laughs> Because they know it's wrong. (laughs) He was so confused. (laughs) I think that was their biggest concern. He didn't adapt well, the poor Thetella. Oh, what is that? Can't teach an old horse new tricks. There we go. All right. I love that they were willing to like change the whole province's system just for the trolley in one city. I mean, that is also how Newfoundland joined Canada. <laughs> True. <laughs> that is the same premise. No one outside the city was happy. No um, city at a time. <laughs> exactly. So just to wrap this one up, which I thought was cute. Um, most recently, Samoa, on the other side of the world, switched sides of the road they drive on in 2009. Uh-huh. But they actually went from left um, or from right to left. So oh. to join like New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. But when they were making this switch, the Samoan article, like there was a Samoan article that came out and they actually vouch for changing driving to the other side of the road and reference Newfoundland. And what they said is from their opinion, being there, it had been a successful change. Although in their experience, you could pretty much drive up the middle of the road and do whatever you wanted in Newfoundland, which (laughs) which I was not impressed with. But when they made the switch in Samoa, I thought this was smart. They reduced the speeds. And wouldn't sell alcohol for three days. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Imagine if Jeez. you tried to do that in Newfoundland. <laughs> that wouldn't go over. Not go over well. 
So that was my learning about Newfoundland history. I January second, nineteen forty-seven. So cool. Public works are really interesting. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot that goes into making society look functional. <laughs> I know, yeah. and apparently it was a big success. One accident, that was it. Bravo. All right, let's hear yours, Linnea. What do, what do you yeah. have for a little history so, fact? Well, mine's not so much a fact as someone that I think should have a Heritage Minute. And Grace probably knows who this is because I'm a big fan favorite. Um, this is about George Orton. Uh, so George Orton is a, he, he actually won Canada's first gold medal, um, <gasps> Olympic medal. Um, and it might not be gold, but I know he won. I'm just checking my facts here. He won, uh, Canada's first medal at the Olympics. I think that's all it was, but, but George Orton, he, when he was like three years old, he's like playing with his brothers and he fell out of a tree and he like, I think now I don't know what would have happened, but they may have like amputated, but instead they just left his like arm, like lax by his side. Like he couldn't move it. Um, so he, so he has this disability and they like, which I'll get into as he got better at, at sports, they wouldn't let him compete in the Paralympic games because he was like too good. So he competed as an Olympic athlete. He also, after he had the arm injury, his dad, which I remember Grace loved this tidbit, his dad used to get him to run behind their, like, their like truck to, for like practice, like to like <laughs> Like as a, like as a kid. Yeah. Um, so he also brought hockey to Philadelphia. We which love is like, that. Yeah. So he did, he did a bunch of cool stuff. He went to the university of Philadelphia and while he was there, he just got involved in everything. Like he's a super cool guy. He's a published author. He's a published poet and poetry was like a big part of his life. He's just this super awesome athlete. He overcame all of this diversity and he just like everything about him just makes him seem like the sweetest guy. And uh, and yeah, he was a he was a Canadian born boy who also when he was competing for the Olympics, you competed through your university. So because Ooh. he was at the University of Philadelphia, his name went down in record books as being uh, competing for America. And it wasn't until years later when he was when he was in like his I think his late 70s, uh, it was actually switched over where he was like, yeah, like I'm a Canadian and I'd like it to be in like Canadian record books that I won this medal for Canada. Just like this super cool guy who fell out of a tree and uh, just didn't let that get him down. So I think he deserves a heritage minute. That, what did I he love run that. again? He he was like a long distance runner, but I don't remember what he ran. He I'm looking he, at it right now. He did the yeah. steeplechase. Yeah, oh. he did the steeplechase. I think he also did like 1500 meter. Um, and you can see most of the pictures. He kind of like favors and puts his like good arm forward, but you can see that it's like very small and like not muscular. But uh, but yeah, he's just a cool guy, and it's a cool story. And I think that I. Grace and I are both kind of softies for a good sports story. Um, he's also a babe. Yeah, <laughs> he's also super cute. I think he's. I think he's cute. I. I. I put on over the first like kind of quarantine when the pandemic kind of hit. I did a Would You Rather Penfield or this guy Orton, and uh, the result was a tight race. Even. It was a tight <laughs> race, if you will. Yes, if you um, like that nineteen hundred style. 
yeah, yeah. Exactly. he definitely has a particular look but he, he's, he's he's a cute boy i he also never married i don't think like i think he was a bachelor his whole so. life i don't think so i'm not 100 sure on that but yeah he was a he was a pretty cool guy and he yeah, brought hockey to philadelphia was super involved in a bunch of different sports soccer as well he brought like a competitive soccer league there just uh just a really super cool involved guy and i yeah. like that i like that story you can thank George Orton for gritty. That's the yes. like the creepy takeaway. mascot. Is it of, actually? Uh, that's what his friend. Yeah, that's so funny. He's like a monster. He looks like he's from. He looks like, like a Muppet. A Muppet. Where thank is you. this? It just look up the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, mascot. look up the Philadelphia oh, you not Flyers. Heard of gritty. gritty. He's like oh, this no. big orange. He's like, pure chaos. He's a so lot. Oh, I that's see. That's a it. good fact. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, let's hear yours, Ashley. Okay, so mine is also about a Canadian-born boy (gasps) named Santa Claus. (laughs) This this one I thought, me being um, unprepared sometimes, and this one just came to me because of the holiday season, because it's now December. But It is. Isn't that crazy? crazy? But Canada's immigration minister declared in 2012 that Santa Claus was indeed a Canadian citizen. So... I mean, we all probably could have alluded to the fact that he was Canadian because of winter and the North Pole, but it's actually a fact. And the postal code is ho, ho, ho. So when kids write to Santa Claus, they are sending those up to the North Pole and to ho, ho, ho territory. (laughs) I love that. Did you know that you get letters back from Santa? Do we get letters back from Santa when we were kids? I did. You do. I did. I got, I got a letter back. But like, was it your parents writing it when we were kids? Probably. Um, no, I think there used to be like a public thing on, was it YTV or one? Remember they used to have Santa Claus and you could, I think, I think that they put it there and then our parents put it in the mail. There was, I grew up in the small town of Lunenburg and there was someone who worked at the post office for years who did it. Triage um, those ones, took them out and like re- Yeah, wrote and wrote letters back, which was really cute. That's um, cute. Okay. Yeah. And it was I know like, they it still was do kind that. of special. Yeah. I overheard my neighbors talking about it and their children got their letters back from Santa yesterday. So cute. Oh, that's cute. Maybe we should that. write one, Sarah, and see what happens. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> should we? I, I think, think we should. Like, Queen writes a letter to Santa. <laughs> and I wonder how custom they are. Is it just a template from Santa or is it like specific things we want? He's, he's going to respond. Guy. Santa's really busy. Yeah. He's I busy. Know. So like, I don't know. But, I, I would go on with But he may not notice. <laughs> But he may not notice his ruse. Ash, here's what I think we do. We write one as rival and queen jointly. Then we each make our own. <laughs> we can sign them in our names or we put Greg and Jeff on it. Ashley's husband and brother. Little Jeff. We also need to get some, like a letterhead with rival and queen and like send it officially to the North Pole. Well, I like that. <laughs> well, we, we can use our postcards. Requests. We could we'll uh, use our postcards. I have some stamps actually. Have postcards? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. we have postcards. I love that. I've got them here. Um, I love a good post. Everyone stay tuned for our letter to Santa Claus because it is going straight to the North Pole. And I mean, this is a North, I guess Santa Claus is a North American tradition. um, Primarily when you say, I would say like Western. Mm, It's big in, in Germany as well. Yeah. yeah, this is just like, this is just what Wikipedia is telling me is is that it's yeah Europe. Europe. I would say Europe. I, Father Christmas different. is very like European. 
I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah, the Netherlands have Father Christmas um, or Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas uh, yeah. I just, so we have friends, family friends in the Netherlands, and that's what their kids did. And you don't leave a stocking out. You leave, uh, like, classic wooden shoes. Um, and oh, I just want to leave everyone with yeah. an official statement from the government about, oh, right. um, about Santa Claus is that the that they allow on Christmas Eve for Santa to come as a Canadian citizen to re-enter Canada and go around the world. And that's from Kenny, who is the, has the official right to say that he's allowed to just come and go. Like we don't have to take his passport (laughs) on Christmas. I love that they added that into this article. So, I mean, there you have it. The magic of Santa. He can do as he pleases. I remember when that, like came yeah. out that that it was like uh, that Santa is a Canadian citizen. I remember yeah. it being like Russia yeah. and the United States being like, no, no, he's Russian, or like, yeah. no, he's American. It was at it was part of the United Nations is where it was like announced. Yeah. It was like and uh, and yeah, people people were not impressed, but uh, it's it's that's it. We didn't it's we so, didn't come we up have with a pretty legitimate claim though. Do you yeah, know what we so. don't fight for a lot? And I think we can stand up and fight for Santa Claus. And yeah. the, the U.S. can suck it on this one. That's so Canadian. <laughs> we have to share the link for this. I love this story so much. Amazing. So and it'll be in the show notes. All right, Grace, you're last but not least. Okay, so I have I have one of two that I have two that I could tell. One is Canadian. One is not. So I feel like I should keep with the Canadian thread. Give though. us the Canadian yeah. vibe. Yeah. Briefly to tell the other one, though, I was going to tell the story of it kind of fits in with um, Sarah's a little bit just because it's about public works. And it's the creation of the New York City like sanitary division. Um <laughs> So, like, basically, there were so many banana peels in the streets of New York that they needed to create an <laughs> army to, like, clean up the garbage. An no. army of monkeys? Not <laughs> Is that where, like, your job so easy a monkey could do it comes from? Picking up, picking up banana peels in New York? <laughs> yeah, it was basically, like, bananas were cheap. And, like, once they figured out kind of, like, the technical hurdles of importing bananas, they were, like, these cool fruits that everybody could have. And you could sell them in the street because they didn't need a wrapper. Like it was easy to sell them out of streetcars and stuff. So people would like eat them and throw the banana peels away just in the street because there's no sanitary like division or sanitary works yet. And in addition to banana, you have like all kinds of other horrible garbage clogging up the streets. But there was like just this series of people who would like slip and fall and hurt themselves on banana peels. And that's like where the gimmick comes from is this like issue in New York. It was also happening in other cities, but like New York was the biggest. And so there was a civil war colonel who was hired to be like, we need you to control the garbage in this city. The banana peel? The banana situation. Yeah. And so he created like sanitary workers. They were like, they had like basically military uniforms and hats and they would like go around and militantly clean up trash. Hats. And and that's, that's how New York got quasi- uh, livable again. Quasi-clean. <laughs> I love that you shared that with us. But I think something that they could be a heritage minute, and I'm kind of surprised isn't, is uh, Alexander Graham Bell, who I just think he fits a lot of the tropes that a heritage minute 
would be made about. Wait a minute, there's no more one so about than him? Marconi. No. I would have preferred an Alexander Bell minute to Marconi. How is this I do class? like Marconi, but I think well, Marconi, Marconi was a fascist, he was so a big like old fan <laughs> of the yeah, fascism <laughs> in the end. Really loved it, he was really into it. He loved Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> big fan. Had a poster of him above his bed, you know, like big fan. But I think also like he just never ended up living in Canada. Like he stayed in right. Newfoundland and Newfoundland wasn't part of Canada at the time. But like he was living in Newfoundland. Then he lived in Nova Scotia uh, for a bit. But then he moved back to Italy and he kind of like lived in Italy for the rest of his life. Whereas Alexander Graham Bell, <coughs> when like, like, so Cape Breton Island and Bedeck in Nova Scotia, that was his like summer home. And then when he really retired from public life, he and his wife like moved there full time. And so I think there like is a bit of a sentimental connection to Canada that maybe Marconi d- didn't necessarily have. Um, yes. But also Alexander Graham Bell was a really weird person. And I think that really fits with Heritage Minutes. Like... In addition, like he's known for inventing the telephone, but he was also just this like inventor of all sorts. So he invented, um, he manufactured the first flight in British North America. He invented the hydrofoil, which was a watercraft. If you go to the museum, it's barely about the invention of the telephone. Like that's like one room. It's mostly about the big freaking planes that he like built and like crashed and then like rebuilt yeah um, the kites. museum's he actually kites. quite great big kite fan you can make a kite when you go there you can where's um, his museum it's in bedeck in okay. Nova yeah. Scotia and his house is there too which or is the museum yeah. at his house uh so the house is still owned by the family so like the bell family still comes to cape breton and like summers there so that whole land is still private um, but the museum is uh, Parks Canada Museum. So you can like go there and like do all this like cool stuff and like try out some of his experiments. His wife is also just this like amazing woman who rarely gets mentioned. She was his like partner in crime through everything. His like number one editor and the person he collaborated with the most. And she also was like almost fully deaf. So like he invents the telephone which is like a device that she specifically cannot use and then he goes on and like commits a huge part of his life to researching deafness and how you can like help people like uh, deal with deafness and it's kind of controversial because he was not of the opinion that like what we today would say is like deaf culture as being a good thing like people who have deafness and accept their deafness and just kind of like use that as something they can connect with other people through. Um, He was very much of the mindset that like deafness needs to be fixed and overcome. And so you should like do things to like. Which I also think when it's, when it's something you don't know a lot about and it's a person that you love, I think that's like probably the natural reaction. Like I can hear all these things. I want you to hear this. Like, Yeah. And I don't think he was malicious in any way uh, about it. But then in addition to like all those things that you're like, oh, wow, that's like so incredible. He was also like really into like, like breeding sheep with a lot of nipples, like (laughs) eugenics. (laughs) That's interesting. Why? 
I'm not sure. You've never told me this fun fact before. So he's a very curious guy. Very intriguing. Like, yeah, he like went through the town of Bedeck and like rounded up all the sheep that like were born with multiple nipples and then he bred them. So he's like, look, I now have a sheep with six (laughs) nipples. I'm a genius. (laughs) Just for fun. (laughs) Um, It was kind of to like, I think it was like his interest in um, genetics and like, displaying okay. how genetics works okay. <laughs> i don't know what the specific purpose of that is right but you know uh just his other hobbies on the side uh when i went to cbu as like a closer to this story i i worked for the beaten institute archives and we went to the alexander graham bell um home so the Bembrea manor which is no longer inhabited and so it has like it's a very old building that like needs some work to ensure that it remains standing and that all the paper documents in there are still like viable and so there's a lot of his like personal like notes and documents and like we got to go through them and it was really interesting but probably the most like shocking thing when you go in is like there's this table with taxidermy legs and (laughs) in the safe of the house like this big old what like kind of legs safe. you left it what kind of legs sheep, sheep legs sheep oh, legs okay, okay. Uh, not human legs thank not God. human legs okay. he was not a mass murderer <laughs> as far as we know um okay. but in the in the vault there were like extra legs just no. in case the table no, needed new you. legs and it was not good Ugh. not preserved well that's right. gross he's a interesting fella to say the least thank you <laughs> so much that is things we didn't weird. know we needed to know great yeah You're or welcome. things we didn't need to know that we now know i don't <laughs> know i fair time like i yeah. knew that before we decided we were gonna do this as a podcast oh, grace <laughs> I well, love I'm, I'm glad that sarah and i can lean on you for a huge wealth of knowledge. And I know that our listeners can lean on Minute Women podcast as well to get their Canadian (laughs) Heritage Minute moments. Um, So before we kind of wrap up, we want to know what is lighting you guys up right now? Linnea, how about you go first? What is lighting me up right now? Yeah, like what are you excited about? Um, Like, are you excited about Jolly Old St. Nick? Like, what is it? uh, Well, I've recently uh, come back to Lunenburg to kind of hide out for the holidays and the pandemic and such. And uh, I have an 11-year-old sister and she is my favorite human in the whole world. Uh, And so she is definitely lighting me up. She, uh, she, I woke up this morning and I go to work after they're gone to school and, uh, and I get to my dresser and there's a big blue sticky note and it says, sissy, don't be mad. I took your necklace. Love Peyton. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm not mad. You're so cute. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. Cute. She's pretty sweet. Well, yes. Yeah. And like yesterday, uh, she came in or in the morning when she was leaving and like gave me a big hug and was like, bye. I love you. And then apparently when she was coming home with my mom after school, she was like, I wish it was Friday. I like, I don't get to see Sissy until the weekend. And mom was like, Sissy's like home now. And then she was like super happy. So Aww. she's pretty much, she's pretty much the coolest human. I, I love her. She's my grace. She thinks grace is great. I Aww. think Peyton's excellent. I think Peyton's cool. like way too cool to be around me. She's pretty, she's pretty cool. So yeah, she's, she's pretty awesome. So she's keeping me happy. Aw. Yeah. We love hearing that. What's lighting you up? Um, I think 
probably Christmas. Like oh. it's it's it is I'm I'm I love Christmas as a as a baseline, but I think <laughs> this year is just kind of like not that anything like particularly awful has happened to me specifically. I think I've been very lucky throughout all of this, but like just to kind of see like there is a bit of a light at the end of 2020. And yeah. it's like <laughs> we're almost so ready. exciting. It's ending. To, it's ending. <laughs> and God. like I can like thankfully with the way things are, can like still go home and like see my family and like yeah. celebrate Christmas of everybody and you know, just like finished up doing all my Christmas shopping and I'm so excited to like bring a little joy. Sarah's like, what the F? I don't want to do my Christmas shopping. It's December 1st. I'm just getting excited. We we finished our Christmas shopping together. We did, uh, we online shopped too much. Till we Sarah, we have a big day. In a couple of days here, we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of things. We hit in the shop Saturday. We are hitting some <laughs> local shops here. All right, guys, that was awesome. Where can people find you, and where can they listen to Minute Women? Uh, they can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Minute Women Podcast. Uh, same link for both, and then our, our same same at for both, and then on Twitter we are at the Minute Women. Uh, and then we have a website which has all of our episodes plus all of the resources that Grace uses. So all of the sources uh, and information about both Grace and I uh, and any exciting information that'll be coming out about the Minute Women. And that's www.minutewomenpodcast.ca. All right. So last but not least, we're going to play a game of Queenie Grants. We're going to do a quick Ooh. round table, our made up game. Very easy, gals. All you do is pick a number between one and 100, and I'll ask you a question. Okay. I pick Ooh. the door. Four? Ooh. Four. Ooh. Um, are we, do we both pick now? No, I'll, I'll come to you next. We'll okay, get to I'll you. Wait. It's so exciting, Grace. <laughs> get amped up. But think about your number, Grace. I know. I know what I want to ask. <laughs> okay. Linnea, would you rather not wear a bra or not wear underwear? I don't think we've ever asked this question. Like Can you it. please tell the story of your, your cheerleader costume after I you will, pick, I will. <laughs> so I would probably say it's really tough because would I rather, I would rather not have to wear a bra, but I think the rest of society would rather that I like did wear a bra. Like the girls, <laughs> the, the girls would probably rather they were kept in a home. Um, but, uh, but my story is that when I was in grade primary, I got invited to like, it was like the first birthday of the year. Okay. And I didn't grow up in the community. So I had moved into the town school or my mom, she worked at the high school. And so I, I didn't know these kids. They didn't know me. Um, and I get invited to this girl's birthday, Sarah Glenn. And, uh, <laughs> so I have my costume, my mom made for me, like sewed it herself, Ooh. this cheerleader costume. It's got a big L on the front of this, of this sweater. It's, it's like rah, rah, all of that. But that day at school, um, I had, you know, five-year-old Linnea. I had, a, I had a little dribble in my underwear and I was really upset about it. And it wasn't like I didn't wet myself. I just like had a little dribble. And my teacher was like, Linnea, it's not a big deal. Just take off your underwear, put back on your pants. Like, it's all good. Like, you're fine. And I was like, okay. So she put the underwear in a plastic bag, whatever. But I'm going to this birthday right after school, which she does not realize. Okay. Cause she's got other things on the go. So I get to this birthday party and I go, we all go upstairs and we're all like changing our costumes and I get downstairs 
And I, as at that point in my life, was still an only child who just loves being the center of attention. I start doing like high kicks off the coffee table in this house. And Sarah Glenn's father, if he were to see me today, would still refer to me as the pantyless cheerleader. That is what I was known for many, many years um, from him. Yeah, the pantyless cheerleader. So I think I'll keep my panties on and I'll say, uh, I'll say no, I'll say that I would have no problem. Final answer. I love that answer. That is fabulous. Grace, give us a number. Uh, 27. 27. All right, real quick. Who is your favorite rapper? Oh, oh. probably Childish Gambino. Ooh, yeah. good yeah. choice. I, As a person, as like a human, he's also like one of my favorite humans. Like I love everything he does. In community? Community, oh. starting in community. So cool. Atlanta is an amazing show. Like yes. I love him as a writer, as an actor. And it's just cool. Yeah. He's I love excellent. that. Yeah. Sarah, you go. Ash? Okay. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Yeah, you go. Okay, I'm going to say 32. 32. Let me see what we got here. It's the nicest day of the year. You have $20 to your name. How are you going to spend it? I also think this is <laughs> great for $20. COVID, yeah. But I think this is like a good COVID question. It's like you can't go on any high ticket activities yeah. right now. <laughs> it's true. It's well, true. because we like to go with our gut here at Rival and Queen, Sarah, I'm going to say I'm probably going to go get a bottle of wine that costs exactly $20. I'm going to grab yeah. you and we're going to go sit somewhere outside and drink the whole bottle. I'm maybe, down. We'll, maybe we'll sit, get an $18 bottle so we can get like a snack with it. Or oh, an $18 nice. bottle. If it's like oh, two weeks from now, there's somehow snow, an $18 bottle and like a $2 crazy carpet. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, it's, it's my day, not I yours. Sorry, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm just joking. <laughs> you're about to be uninvited, Sarah. This is Ashley's day. I'm just joking. I just had to throw that in there. That. Okay, Sarah, what's what's your number, gal? I'm gonna do a hundred. The Ooh. new one. Oh, I know what this one's going to be. Okay, if you could be a flavor, what would you be? Here's what came to my heart. And it was raspberry. And this is because I think it's like a bit sweet and a bit sour, you know? And a bit tart, you know? A bit tart gives you a little bit of all the the taste. A lovely complex shape. Complex shape. (laughs) Bright color. The red red is highly underrated. Oh, so underrated. Raspberry jam, my fave. I'm with you. It's got a bit of all. That's my flavor. But I feel like we should all end on a flavor. Ash, what what flavor would you be? Oh my God, one's coming to me right now and it's terrible. Cucumber. Oh. Ooh. I don't know why. It's still like fresh. I, I just need you to That's elaborate. Fresh. Okay, the fresh. fresh. I think fresh, it can go in drinks. Obviously, you can eat it as a snack. You can put it in, like, you can just do so much. It's very, and it's healthy. And it's healthy. And it's I don't just know. like I you. Just, I had cucumbers earlier. So go figure. Take it. What about you guys? Um, Grace? Almond, almond is really coming to me right now. Sorry. Ooh, Linnea, I'm just going to jump in there. But that's so like, I was like, I don't know. Like, that sounds like it can be like sweet or it can be savory. It can be like salty. Like it seems like it's a good flavor. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yeah. I had these president's choice, dark chocolate covered almonds that had like coconut flakes, crispy coconut flakes, like in the chocolate. They were so good. Oh, coconut. I may or may not have eaten the whole bag. A fl- listen, moment. respect. We could make a great snack so far. Can't wait. To I know. Yeah. Grace, yeah. what do you got for us? 
all of you guys picked like such like adult, mature women like flavors. The first thing that came to mind was like moon mist. Oh, I, I am moon mist. I, I want to be moon, moon mist. mist. I love moon mist. It's my favorite. It's my Ashley favorite ice cream. I'm not it. a There's moon mist banana. Fan. There's so much flavors in it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not as any of those flavors would traditionally be ones I would go for, but together they're just so like mystical Magic. and like whimsical and lovely. <laughs> Kind of Wait, what are the flavors of moon mist? Bubblegum, grape, and banana. banana. Oh. Yeah, right? My reaction oh. exactly, Sarah. Sarah, but, but you would what? love it. But all together. Weren't, that's, didn't maybe you get that's the what kids flavor in PEI? You can at, only get it in Nova Scotia. So moon mist is only what? in Nova Scotia. This no, is it's a Canadian in no other fact. part of Canada. It's in no other. Yeah, it's in no other. Another Look Canadian that. We brought treasure. that full circle. Why the fuck only in Nova are we Scotia? keeping that delicious flavor to ourselves? Washburn. <laughs> 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 During Confederation, every country, every uh, every province was like, "No, thank yeah. you." I know, <laughs> but like, why didn't they rip like that? Uh, I think that they've tried to rip it off in other places and other brands, maybe. but it's not the same. It's no. just Scottsburn. No. Like, it has to be Scottsburn. They're moon mist. Mist. Yeah, it's like right. they were kind of on the like galaxy trend before everybody else before in some it ways. Cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We love that. What a Nova Scotian treasure. What a great way to end. <laughs> I wish I had some ice cream right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on with oh, us tonight and, and giving us a little bit of history. We had, so I, I can speak I had for a great both time. of us in saying that, yeah, we had so much fun. <laughs> Happy to be here. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. You can find us on social media at Rival and Queen.